0: you know, we used to use paper mail. We used to actually mail letters to each other. And then when email came about, we're like paper mail, why would you do that? We used to use these things called paper maps. When you tried to find your way somewhere, you had a map. It was like an origami project to get it all back together. Now we all just use Google maps. So the shift over the last few decades has been from paper to digital. And digital is so much easier. It's just cleaner, it's simpler. And money as well, we still use this stuff for some reason, paper money, and what's happening is that more and more this stuff is going away.
1: Hi, my name is Evan Herman, and I'm documenting my journey on becoming the best version of myself while learning how to be an entrepreneur and developing the successful habits that are necessary to get and keep me there. If you want to come alongside of me and make this journey together, we'll be listening and learning from some of the world's greatest mentors in the areas that matter most. Faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. So join me on the Whole Person Podcast. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, you can definitely check us out on the wholepersonpodcast.com. You can find resources to grow yourself in every area of life. As we're growing, we're going to be putting our free resources up there. That's the wholepersonpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at the wholepersonpodcast. And then in other areas, you can just follow me, Evan Herman, on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Enjoy the show. Today, we have the author of Mind Hacking and his new book, Blockchain for Everyone, CEO of Media Shower, which is a company that helps people build their own blockchain. Today's guest is none other than Sir John Hargrave. Sir, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. How about you, Evan?
1: Doing well. You know, when I was Googling information about you, it says you died in the 1930s
0: that's so funny because there was another john hargrave who was an also an author uh lived yes at the turn of the century and uh quite well known but somehow my i don't have a wikipedia page yet so (laughs) it merged with me and people look at it and say wow that's cool you wrote you've been writing since the 1930s
1: I know it was it was the funniest thing. Well, not only that, but his picture or what is supposed to be his picture is actually your picture.
0: Right, right. And- We've been merged in the Google <laughs> mind somehow. <laughs> and you know, sometimes I think about maybe reincarnation is real, and I was actually that John Hargrave. Now I'm this one continuing on the previous John Hargrave's work. I don't know, but I feel a kinship with him somehow.
1: That's awesome. I ha- I had to throw that in there because I was just like that made it really difficult to like try to come up with your bio and everything. It was it was pretty funny.
0: I I uh, just out of curiosity, I read some of his books, and uh, I gotta say, uh, my books are better. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Sorry awesome, <to> John Hargrave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, John. You know, talk to us a little bit about your entrepreneur journey, how you started, how you reinvented yourself. Oh, and just by the way, I forgot to say, I have for our audience, my friend, Matt Moore, also on the line with us. He knows more about blockchain and cryptocurrency than I am. So he's going to help me facilitate the conversation so I don't sound like
2: uh, a dunce.
0: Ladies and well, gentlemen, Matthew Moore.
2: <laughs> well, I'm hap- more than happy to be a fly on the wall until until I am needed. But I will tell you this: uh, uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain are, are some of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm so privileged and happy to be a part of this conversation.
0: And let me compliment Matthew on the mobile studio that he's
2: <laughs> <closing> in today. <laughs> yeah, chilling in my car. I'm uh, I'm actually I'm using my phone as a hotspot. So
0: okay, oh, yeah. and I hope you don't get towed. While we're interviewing
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not driving, by the way, okay? <laughs> okay. That's awesome.
1: I, I see the police lights now. Well, John, back to you. What? Um, tell us about your journey and your story.
0: Sure. So uh, I started at the beginning of the dot-com craze. Uh, that was my career. And I started at this technology publishing company called Ziff Dave, ZDNet, still around. And uh, that was the most exciting time to be alive because there was so much energy and passion and money flowing into this system, this new dot-com world. And we were really on the cutting edge of it. And I thought to myself, I will never be lucky enough to see this kind of period of history uh, again. But I was wrong because we're seeing it again today in blockchain, this new technology called Blockchain. And it's very much like that excitement and energy and money of the early dot com days. So, I uh, worked for this large technology company for many years. And then uh, my wife and I decided we're going to start our own business. We want to start our own media publishing company. Uh, and I remember that uh, we had a bank account. And what we wanted to do was fill the bank account up to a certain amount uh, where we would have kind of a cushion in order to then make the leap into doing our business full-time. So we called it the FUF, which stood for the FU fund. And once the FUF finally got up to a certain amount, we said (laughs) FU to the employer and went to do this full-time. And it was the greatest decision I ever made. The entrepreneurial journey is one that tests you at every level of your being. My friend once described it as you're firing on all cylinders like you use everything that you have as an entrepreneur. So I never looked back and we created this new media and publishing company called Media Shower and grew it up to a nice 2-3 million dollar business, but it still wasn't growing as fast as we wanted. So meanwhile, we saw this new technology a few years ago called blockchain. And I was very interested because I had bought a little of this new digital currency called Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is based on this technology called blockchain. And uh, we decided to make a pivot or a shift with our business fully into publishing and uh, media content around blockchain and around Bitcoin. And so that is the story of my new book, Blockchain for Everyone, about this entrepreneurial journey into this space and how it works and the cast of colorful characters we've met and just this roller coaster of money that has been flooding through this system uh, over the last three years, which reminds me of the early days of the the dot-com boom. It's so exciting.
1: So uh, for a beginner who knows nothing about cryptocurrency or blockchain, I know the words and I know people have made money what is a good starting point of understanding for myself
0: yeah so i always think about blockchain as an underlying technology upon which we build these new digital assets so bitcoin is the most well-known of these digital assets bitcoin is kind of like an open source money kind of a money that no central government controls it's a money that we all kind of own together just like the internet is something that we all own together So blockchain is the underlying technology and Bitcoin and all of these other new digital assets are the sort of applications that sit on top of that technology. So as an analogy, think about the internet is this underlying technology upon which we build all these websites like Google and Uber and Airbnb and so forth. So you don't really need to understand the technical specifics of how the internet works to use Google. And you don't really need to understand at a deep level the technical uh, architecture of blockchain to buy Bitcoin and participate as an investor in these new digital assets. I hope that helped describe it a little bit.
1: It does, but I'm a little slower than most, so it's okay. From an outsider's perspective, and not just that, but my dad, great guy. He does financing. He thinks Bitcoin's a fad. Um, <laughs> Matt, you're you're funny. Um, you
0: Matthew's know, so, bolting with laughter over
1: there. He, he is not your he, father. Yeah, my <laughs> father. So as a financial advisor, he you know he does not view Bitcoin as probably a long term investment because him and I have talked about it vaguely. And so you know, my dad is a very good financial investor for the most part. And you know, this is something new. I don't know what to think about it. It looks like it already exploded, that it reached its peak, and it's calming back down. Will it ever get to where it was, or is it still worth where it has been? Well, can you mind if I
2: pop in real quick? I, I, I laughed. Yeah, and, and this is a question more so for John along those same lines. And Evan, this, this may also answer your question too, but the .com bubble when it burst at the top it was like 6 point oh six point seven trillion dollars and at the peak of uh, 2017 when Bitcoin almost reached 20,000 um, it was about 800 million or 800 billion so it didn't even get to to a trillion dollar and it was it's literally just a warm-up but like your dad I mean there's there's many people who haven't realized the potential or have their own Aha moment of just what this kind of technology is going to do as far as a disruptor uh, between the uh, separation of money and state. John, in your mind, is there anything that in your book that you have done that that you have helped kind of pave the way to give people their aha moment? What's that big? What What's the common denominator that you see when people go, "Oh, light bulb! I get it."
0: Yeah. So this really. Gets at the heart of my book, which is your father's question about it. So, your dad may just not understand it. And if he did, he would see that blockchain assets, meaning Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, some of the top of these new blockchain digital assets, sometimes they're called cryptocurrencies, I call them altcoins, but these blockchain assets have far outperformed the stock market over the last. Three years. I'm trying to pull up some numbers, some slides that I have here. But the sensible way of a financial advisor, a financial planner advising his or her clients is to say blockchain should be a piece of your portfolio, not the whole portfolio, certainly, because it is highly risky and it's highly volatile. It's like a roller coaster. My book tells the story of that roller coaster from my perspective. Because I went all in on blockchain and I paid the price. It was very, very difficult time. So great fortunes are made overnight and then they're lost before breakfast. So not the whole portfolio, but certainly a percentage of the portfolio. You might call it your mad money or your alternative investment between two and a half to 10%. And your father should absolutely be advising his clients to at least consider it. Because if not, your father is being derelict in his duty. He's not actually giving his clients reasonable financial advice. He's not telling them about the full uh, array of opportunities out there. So I'm sorry to dish your dad, (laughs) Evan, but you brought him up.
1: Uh, You brought him up. We should get
0: your dad on now. Right. No, he's
1: he's playing the stock market right now at his house. Ah.
0: So let, let me just let me just share this with you because this will help you see if you can uh, give me zoom control. I can probably share this with
1: you. Sure. Here. I don't know how to give you zoom control. But...
0: Here we go. I got it. All right. So this is your father's probably typical portfolio that he would recommend to someone. This is a very safe conservative portfolio of 50% stocks and 50% bonds. And if you had invested in that three years ago in 2015, would have grown to about $13,000. This is more aggressive. If you were to say 10% goes to Bitcoin and the rest to stocks and bonds, that $10,000 would have grown to $42,000. And this is what we'll call a diversified portfolio where you take 10% and you put it in between the top three altcoins at the time, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Ripple. Your $10,000 would have grown to $72,000. That's a 7x return in three years with a minimum of risk. Even if Bitcoin had gone to zero and you lost it all, you would only have lost your 10% and you still would have gained overall over that three-year period. So you're participating in the huge upside of this new asset class, but you're hedging your risks on the other side. So this is to answer, Matthew, your question, how we get everyone on this new asset class is we explain it in the context of an overall investment portfolio and we educate people on both the risks and the rewards and we help give them a sensible framework for getting into this stuff because it happens with ordinary investors, ordinary people. And that's why the the book is called Blockchain for Everyone. We want to open this up not just to the rich, not just to the wealthy, not just to people who are geeks and understand it, but to everyone, that means the 7 billion people on earth. We want money for everyone.
1: So that being said, let's take my situation because I don't know how many people are like me. My wife has a 401k that she has matched by her company Yeah, for myself. So I, I have literally 50 some dollars in an Acorn account right now, just from it going up and up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still have student loans. I have a couple car payments. I have some medical debt getting ready to hit for this knee surgery I'm getting ready. And I'm, I'm trying the Dave Ramsey approach by paying off my debt and then investing. But at the yeah. same time, I feel like I'm missing so much because should I be doing both at the same time, investing and paying off debt? Or just trying to pay off debt and then start investing? And then if so, you know, is Bitcoin the place to start?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, you should know I'm not a financial advisor. Right, I know that. <laughs> Unlike your father, I'm a former comedy writer who just <laughs> started figuring all this stuff out and explaining it in plain English. So take that with a grain of salt. Right. But uh, I agree with the Dave Ramsey approach. It just makes more sense to pay off debt first before you start investing. Um, on the other hand, if you have a little bit of money that you can set aside simply for bitcoin and even if that's a hundred dollars just as a one-time purchase to buy some bitcoin what you will find is that you start now you have some skin in the game and you get very interested in it and you kind of go down we call it going down the rabbit hole of starting to learn all that you can about this stuff and that's how it has started for most of us Matthew were you the same way you bought a little bit and then down the rabbit hole you went
2: I, I was actually already in a rabbit hole and then I saw Bitcoin and I was like, ah, there's the solution. Uh, so for me, it was, I went on this monetary history journey uh, back in 2008 when I was trying to figure out why we had the Great Recession. Yeah. And that basically led me into understanding how the dollar works and how any fiat money that's ever been tried by government has always failed and gone to zero. So uh, when I found a, a form of money that could no longer be easily reproduced or confiscated or censored, and I could take it anywhere around the world as long as I have my private key memorized, I was like, wow, this is, this is a huge disruptor. This is powerful.
0: Yeah. So what Matthew is talking about is the way I think about it, you know, we used to use paper mail. We used to actually mail letters to each other. And then when email came about, we're like, paper mail, why would you do that? We used to use these things called paper maps. When you tried to find your way somewhere, you had a map. It was like an origami project to get it all back together. Now we all just use Google Maps. So the shift over the last few decades has been from paper to digital. And digital is so much easier. It's just cleaner. It's simpler. And money as well. We still use this stuff for some reason. Paper money And what's happening is that more and more this stuff is going away. So we don't need it. We don't need it. And in fact, if you look at your.
1: He just uh, tore up a dollar bill just so everyone knows who's listening.
0: If you look at the uh, history of money, as Matthew is saying, monies that are controlled by a central government generally don't work well because they're centralized by that government. And the government has all kinds of. Uh, rationale for uh, inflating or deflating the cost of that money supply and trying to control it. But what Bitcoin and these new digital assets do is they decentralize it. They make it available to everyone. It's kind of a global money, but it's also digital, so we don't have to worry about carrying around this paper, which is it's, it's not safe, right? It's you. Every time you use paper money, you walk out the door, you're the victim. You could be the victim of, of robbery or theft, and it's inconvenient because. You can't uh, buy anything if you leave your wallet at home. And most importantly, it's dangerous. This paper money is untraceable, so it can be used for drugs and political bribes and prostitution. So we need to get rid of this stuff, the paper money entirely. And that's what's happening with the Bitcoin
2: revolution. As far as the biggest motivator for writing the book, is it because you were just having conversations with people and you were trying to, I guess, share the excitement and the passion with them much like I, I usually do. And I see this like this blank stare on their face and I'm like... How can I, you know, what can I do to to help show you the light? Because if you jump on this rocket now, I mean, what we're going to see in the future, I mean, this thing is going to be a sponge that's just going to absorb all of this printed money, this massive liquidity that's in this world right now. When this liquidity bubble bursts and worldwide, I mean, all this money is going to go running towards principled money with sound money principles. Like I could go on a rant all day long, but did you write this book to get people to a place to where they understand it, you know, and, and you can just hey read this, come back to me, let's have a conversation.
0: Yeah, you hear the passion in Matthew's voice. He's got the religion. I got the religion. And those of us in this space, we get it. We get it. And it was absolutely why I wrote the book, because I wanted everybody to get it. That's why it's called blockchain for everyone. I wanted 7 billion people on planet Earth to have access to this new money supply. And to do that, they had to understand it. And to do that, I had to write a book that people wanted to read. And here's the problem: There's a hundred blockchain books on the market, but they're all kind of boring. <laughs> I am geeked out about this stuff, but when I I couldn't make it like halfway through any of the books, I'd run out of gas. So I wrote this book, and I said, uh, I said, I gave it to my my editor at Simon and Schuster. His name's Jeremy Ruby Strauss, and this guy has uh, published a bunch of uh, New York Times bestsellers. Um, I've worked with him on three books. I trust him completely. So he read my manuscript, and he says. Uh, Well, John, uh, this is the way he talks. He goes, John, you know, I uh, first part of your book, pretty good. Uh, Second part needs some rewrites. Uh, The third part uh, needs to be completely rewritten. And the fourth part, you should just get rid of altogether. So I said, okay, all right. And I kind of gave it a couple months. And then I went back and I reread it and I'm like, he's right, because I'm trying to explain blockchain the same way everybody else does by talking about the technology and infrastructure. And I said, instead, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell the hero's journey with myself as the hero and going into this new uh, this new world, the unknown as an entrepreneur, taking this new journey with my company betting everything on this new technology called Bitcoin, called blockchain, and then building from there and all the adventures we've had, the helpers that have come along the way. It's really like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) It truly is. The way, this epic journey into this space, and then where we end up at the end, it's just such a satisfying story. But along the way, I explain the technology in in sidebars and call-outs but you get it now as part of context, instead of just the theory. And uh, it's no longer a textbook; it's now just a really entertaining story. I want to make a movie about it. We got to do a movie. Well, you yeah. should play the lead.
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about uh, another thing about your book. I mean, you talk about this this new class of, of millionaires, and, and and I and I wanted to ask you: is is this premise that you're trying to explain to people that you know, especially with Bitcoin? Uh, since it does have you know the more adoption and it's a larger network and it's more secure, uh, there's only twenty one million of them that will ever be mined uh, and and so they're limited in supply in in just its nature. So are you saying like, hey, you know if you if you've got one bitcoin at least, you're gonna be a part of this new definition of the Uber wealthy? Is that where you're coming from?
0: Well, we definitely want to show people that there is great wealth to be made in this space. And we want to equip people with the tools, such as a scorecard that we have in the book at the end of the book for evaluating these new digital assets and whether they're good investments for you. So we want people to be educated and to make their own smart decisions. That said, I can't predict the future, so I don't know. Bitcoin is certainly in the lead. Bitcoin is the kind of US dollar of this new asset class. Uh, It's the one that's seen the biggest gains. It's the one with the most people, the most brand recognition. I don't know if that will continue into the future, but I also share my personal portfolio in the book. I share my own investments. Um, I try to be as transparent with all this as I can. And you'll see that like Bitcoin is my largest holding in that 10% of my overall portfolio. Bitcoin has the largest part because I do believe in it. I really think that at this point, it has a lead uh, that is going to be very difficult for others to overtake. But again, with everyday ordinary investors like myself and like Evan, um, pay off your debts. (laughs) start investing in an overall portfolio of stocks and bonds and make a percentage of that that's involved in this new digital asset class but in the meantime it can't hurt to go to a site like coinbase.com and put a small amount of money even if it's just a hundred dollars into uh in into buying some bitcoin and you know you can then participate and kind of see what it's all about
1: well i think that just answered my next question i was gonna say how do i start uh where do I buy Bitcoin? I don't even know that. So I can buy that coin.
0: Uh, yeah, so so I recommend the site coinbase.com. I'm not paid to buy Coinbase. This is not a sponsored uh I just think they have the easiest user interface for consumers. It's C-O-I-N-B-A-S E. Uh and they've gone a long way to making it user-friendly to hook it up with your bank account. Um, You do have to provide a driver's license or photo ID, and that is legally required that they know who you are uh, when you open your account, just like a banking account. Uh, But when you do that, you can just hook it up to your bank account, put a little money in and buy a little bit of Bitcoin and then keep it um, in a a digital wallet. You'll you'll see how it works once you get in there.
1: Well, I, I will definitely do that here in the next several days i i'm gonna have a good month of recovery here after a knee surgery tomorrow and i will spend some time learning about bitcoin i'll I'll tell you that much how's the knee feeling it feels good right now it just it, it's after the third dislocation You know, I've, I've torn some stuff, so I just need to get it fixed, but overall it feels good and I can't wait for it to feel better after tomorrow. Nice. So yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it just because, you know, my focus right now is my own career, my own business, the podcast. And then, you know, after tomorrow for a good two weeks, I'm going to be like, you know what, I'm going to focus on the podcast and just recovery and whatever I want to learn. So I feel like I'm going to get to take a mini vacation here pretty soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. A forced vacation.
1: It is for sure. Well, we are running out of time since we only get 40 minutes on the zoom link. So John, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I want to end John with just a few questions that I end each podcast with. Uh, The first one is what brings you peace?
0: My wife just had a big birthday, and we were gathered with our friends and family, and I uh, reflected that uh, all the research that shows what makes for a fulfilling life long-term is relationships with family and friends. And we were surrounded by all family and friends, and I said, you know, this is really what brings me happiness, what brings me fulfillment, what brings me peace. And all my work in helping people build wealth is in the service of giving them more free time to spend with those they love, whether that's friends, family, uh, making those meaningful
1: relationships. Matt, what about you,
2: man? What brings you peace? Oh man. Uh, you know what? Um, peace for me comes from my spiritual life a lot most of the time, but I would say that finding, finding, uh, my zone and, and, and being in it and knowing that I'm, I'm walking in the perfect will of God. I mean, for me, that is uh, a very important part for me, but I, I would say that, uh, you know, obviously everybody's got their, their own thing that brings them peace. But, um, for me, that's, that's what gives me peace.
1: Okay. I'll
0: build on Matthew's answer and say, I have a meditation practice every morning, meditate for half an hour. That brings me tremendous peace And also, I belong to a church, and a church is a community of people that, again, provide that friendship uh, and those relationships that build a a more fulfilling
1: life. I would agree with both of you on that. For both of you, what's the best decision you've ever made, starting with John?
0: (laughs) Well, the best decision was probably marrying my wife. She's amazing. I think that if you uh, have a strong marriage, the two of you can do so much more than uh, either one of you can do by yourself. So again, that's speaking to the importance of relationships. and I'll also say a pivotal decision was starting my own business. And that was, uh, I think any of these big decisions are scary and they're not easy to make and it's not easy to make the jump. But um, I've gotten so much personally out of building my own business and building the amazing team that we have at Media Shower. It's, uh, it's changed my life in such a significant way and brought me such happiness and, and joy.
2: Awesome. Matt, what about you, man? Well, in spirit of the interview, uh, you know, I'm going to prophesy a little bit here, but my uh, best decision has been buying Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> you know, there's, I don't know if it was you. I, I, someone asked me once if myself today could give myself from 10 years ago advice, what would it be? And I told them it was to buy Bitcoin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: That's a good um, quote for the book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> At is that, the
1: right. Yeah. John, where do you want people to buy your book from?
0: Well, uh, it's available for pre order on Amazon right now. Uh, when we're doing this interview, it has not yet launched. Uh, August 6, 2019, is when it will launch. Uh, and if you are listening to this after that time, then you can get it on Amazon. So we're doing a really exciting thing as well with a limited edition of the book called the Gold Edition. And my original idea was, wouldn't it be cool if with every purchase of the book, you got a little bit of Bitcoin? And uh, my editor, Jeremy Ruby Strauss, he said, "Uh, you know, John is the way he talks. He goes, "Uh, the last time I heard an original idea in book promotion was never. And that is an original idea. And uh, it turns out that including Bitcoin with the book is technically complex. But what we did instead was we did uh, a deal with a new um, cryptocurrency or altcoin called DAI which is made by this company called Maker, and dye is very much like a US dollar. So in other words, the value of one one dye is the value of one dollar. And they said, we will essentially donate dye to people who buy the book. So when you buy the book, the gold edition, uh, you're going to automatically get a code for $25 worth of dye. So think about this, the book costs $25, and when you buy it, you're going to get $25 worth of dye. And this is in the spirit of helping everybody own these digital assets and making blockchain available for everyone. And so I'm super excited about this. It's never been done before. It's a totally new idea. And I think it's going to just make sales of the book explode. That's awesome. New York Times bestseller is our goal.
1: Good. There we go. I would love that. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for both of your time. I so very much appreciate the work and the effort, John, that you have gone into writing the book and making it knowledgeable for dunces like myself when it comes to blockchain and cryptocurrency. Matt, man, you've been a great friend for the past several years. I appreciate you jumping on here with me to to help hold me up. So I, I sound a little bit more intelligent, man. I, I appreciate <laughs> you very much. You're uh, welcome.
0: So. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. For sure. Hey, awesome. John,
2: stay on though. Thank you,
0: Matthew. Now get out of that tow-away zone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think they've already got me hooked up.
1: All right, guys. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you would, I'd greatly appreciate you subscribing as well as rating and even leaving us an objective review. It helps us with our ratings and spreading the message of the whole person podcast. And now may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Take care and God bless. I created a free resource that I want to offer all of our listeners. You know, we have this ideal person of what we want ourselves to look like. And there's this gap between where we currently are and that dream identity that we've created. Well, in this resource, it shares ideas and components about how to not only bridge some of those gaps, but also how to be content and okay with who we are as we love ourselves in the process of change. If that interests you and you want that resource, check out the wholepersonpodcast.com. Again, that's the wholepersonpodcast.com for that free resource. And while you're there, just so you know, our friends at Anchor Marketing actually created our website that helps us market ourselves better and brand ourselves. It also works with search engine optimization and other areas for digital marketing. So definitely check them out. We paid them to build our website and to help us do marketing, and we just really appreciate them. I figured as a business owner or entrepreneur, if that's something that you're looking for, you should definitely go check them out. I think their website is anchormarketingco.com. That's anchormarketingco.com.